You already know that subscriptions can add predictable recurring revenue to your store. But did you know that Bold's recurring orders has added a ton of new features to make it even more profitable? Their convertible subscription feature, first, lets customers subscribe to one product and then automatically switch it to a different one the second month. So this lets you set up trial sizes, free samples, etc. And then they've also added a cancellation flow to keep people on the subscription. It's like abandoned cart recovery, but for subscriptions. So if you've ever tried to cancel your Audible account, you'll see what I mean. If you say you don't like the books, they offer you a free one. If you say it's too expensive, it automatically offers you a deal on the next month. Basically, Bold built this into the Recurring Orders app, and it stops up to 30% of customers from canceling their subscriptions. Their most recent feature is the subscription buy button. That lets you sell your subscriptions directly with just a link. So it's perfect for email, blog posts, Facebook, etc. Now, one of the things I personally love about it is that customers can now manage everything about their subscriptions by themselves. They can log in and then pause, skip, edit, update payment info, their address, swap products, add products, and more. They can just manage everything themselves. So it's a huge time savings for store owners because it means fewer customer requests. Now, if you want to add predictable recurring revenue to your business today, you could do that by going to boldcommerce.com slash subscriptions to check it out. That's boldcommerce.com slash subscriptions. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from lovely Skokie, Illinois, on the fifth floor of the professional building in Old Orchard Mall. Yes, running an e-commerce consultancy from inside the heart of a retail establishment. I stab at the and having a good time doing it. There is certainly a topic I have banged on about if you've listened to the show uh, more than once. It may come up in practically every episode. I utter the following phrase on a near daily basis in sales calls, in emails, and on this show, and it is people buy from people, not brands. This has become a a mantra I use, and it's because I get a lot of pushback on it, which is weird. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about personal branding. We're going to make the case for personal branding because so many people push back on it, and this is how it goes. I talked to someone, almost all of the 
every business, regardless of its size, has a person who runs it, whether it is a giant multinational corporation like GE, there's a guy who runs it. Or a, you know, most small businesses, four out of five businesses in the U.S. are small businesses. They have a person who runs it. Most of them, many of them are going to be solopreneur businesses. So why are they all hiding behind a silly logo and a silly brand name? When you think about this show, when you think about me, do, which do you relate to? Is it is it our agency, EtherCycle? Is it the show, the unofficial Shopify podcast? Or is it Kurt Elster? I don't know the answer to that. But if you're referring to someone else, you go, oh, do you hear, you heard of this guy, Kurt Elster? You know, let's say you're talking to another Shopify merchant. Or would you say, oh, do you listen to the unofficial Shopify podcast? Maybe both. But that's where it is. That is the case for personal branding. Um, I think, you know, for me anyway, in a, in a nutshell. But the pushback I always get is like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the face of it. I don't want to put my name out there. And I think it's like a weird modesty. And modesty and marketing do not work well together. You need to put your face out there. And I'll share, before I, I introduce our guest, I'll share one more data point. If you look at your, if you dive into Google Analytics and look at your content and look at user flows or watch uh, heat map recordings, you'll notice an interesting thing happen. A surprising number of people will add items to cart and then go to the about page to see who it is they're about to share their credit card details with. We're humans. This is how we make decisions is by decide like, oh, is this person trustworthy? And we all know there's a person behind the brand. So joining me to discuss it is a master of personal branding, a guy who has done, gone out, done lots of crazy stuff with his personal brand, sharing, mixing very much his own life and his brand, and has excelled, has done exceedingly well for himself in the process, is my, is a recurring guest and my, my good friend. He attended my wedding. We've gone to lots of conferences together, went to Sweden together, had lots of good times. Kai Davis. Kai runs Double Your E-Commerce dot com. He's a Shopify marketing expert, an e-commerce expert, an everything expert, a burning man expert. He helps store owners sell more, more often to their best customers. And you know what? I'll plug it. I'll plug his stuff right now. If you want to learn how to sell more, visit Double Your Commerce. Sign up today. Anyway, Mr. Kai Davis, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you so much for honestly, I'm blushing. Such a wonderful, wonderful intro. It's a pleasure to be uh, back on the show. I think yeah. this is number three. I I hope so. Uh, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it is. And the very it was one of our like first ten episodes was with mm -hmm. Kai Davis teaching us about SEO. Ah, that was a fun one. Ah, well, I'm so excited to dive into personal branding today. Uh, uh, I think you really nailed it. It's that personal relationship that people have with the store or really the, the face of the store that's really important that helps build that trust. I come from an information marketing background and there you really don't have any physical products. You have, you know, a PDF or a video of course, and there's nothing tangible for that person to receive. So in that industry, even more so, the force of the personality or the personality marketing or the personal branding comes to the forefront as a way to establish that relationship with a prospect. It's even more important there. And I think a lot of the lessons from the information marketing space can and should be applied to the e-commerce space just to build a better relationship with prospects who are browsing your website. All right. So let's, as always, let's back up 10,000 foot view. I'm dumb. What is personal branding? I'd say personal branding is about making yourself discoverable and then putting yourself in front of the people who are looking for you. Okay, I like it. 
why do I want to do it? Why is it important? Why do I want to do this? Why is it important for my business that I get over the false modesty that has been instilled by polite company? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it really comes down to the fact that your goal as a business owner is to build trust with as many people as you come into contact with. And your personal branding is one of the most effective ways to do that. If you use your personal branding throughout your store, throughout your website, throughout your marketing, throughout your videos, to build that relationship, to share information with those prospects, it becomes a highly trusting relationship. It's always interesting for me to observe how somebody browsing through a website, listening to a podcast, watching videos, they could feel like they've developed a trusting relationship with the person who's producing this content, even if there's never been any one-to-one communication. So those same lessons, I think, apply to any store. If you're putting yourself out there through your personal brand, if you're making sure people who encounter your store, encounter your products are exposed to you and feel like they're building a trusting relationship with you, dear store owner, it becomes that much easier for somebody to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make that first purchase. And then your marketing can handle the second, the third, the fifth purchase from them. Let me make a bold claim. I think personal branding is a growth hack to build brand trust. True, false. Oh, I, I, I would completely agree with that. Okay. I, I, I don't like the phrase growth hack just since it always strikes me as like, this will work for 15 minutes and then won't work anymore. I think I'd call it, say, a growth strategy. It's something strategy. that sh- okay. mm-hmm. something that definitely is worth focusing on, but uh, uh, it, it really pays dividends, I think, in the long term. Personal branding or starting to adopt a personal brand isn't something that you start and two weeks later you're like, this is wonderful. We've 3X'd everything. It's you start and 12 or 18 months later, you start seeing people pick up on that personal brand and empathize with that personal brand. It could very much be a long-term play and require a longer-term mental or monetary investment. But the payoff is there when people think of you immediately as the go-to provider or the go-to store for your product in your industry. It just occurred to me, I have a a great example of a personal brand. And we'll run through some other examples later, but I want to throw this one out here because I think this may put things in perspective for people at this point. Uh, I would imagine that if you listen to me, you're probably also familiar with Ezra Firestone, who is this phenomenal info marketer who has this uh big brand um that he runs and he shares that the with their teachings you know they they share what they learn from that in um some some other b2b stuff that they uh sell to shopify merchants and the brands that they're running there so it's like ezra firestone and their direct consumer brand they've got boom by cindy joseph and then they're for shopify merchants they've got apps under zipify apps and they've got info marketer stuff under uh, smart marketer, and they have a mastermind called Blue Ribbon Mastermind. But all of that stuff that is a house of brands, but all of it lives under who? It's all Ezra Firestone. No one's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, no one refers to Zipify or Smart Marketer. They refer to this guy, Ezra Firestone, and his personal brand is intense. And I just saw a promoted post for him. He's promoting a webinar on how to build on like growth stra- growth hacks, growth strategies for e-commerce. But it leads with – it's just a picture of him and his wife. I saw it this morning um, and thought about this this episode. And it's, it's a picture of him and his wife, and he talks about his morning routine uh, with his wife. It's like such an – and it was genuine, and it just makes you – like either you're like, this guy's corny, and it's, you're not going to want anything to do with him. Or like me, you go, wow, it's genuine. I totally agree with that morning routine. I love it. I love the guy, and I can relate to it. 
completely agreed. You must be reading ahead of my notes because I had Ezra down as a perfect <laughs> example of a well-executed personal brand. So uh, I'm going to move these to the other screen. But one thing I'd say that Ezra does extremely well, and that's important when you think about personal branding on any level, is you have to be authentic, useful, relevant, and actionable. Just having a brand that's out there and making noise, if it's not authentic or relevant or actionable, people are going to say, hey, that was interesting and then move on. But by sharing relevant information, by sharing something that's actionable, by sharing something that people are able to metaphorically sink their teeth into, people become more closely associated with their brand, with that brand. They're able to say, hey, you know what? Last time I watched that video, I felt a sense of trust. This was something that taught me something new. So the next time Ezra's promoted post comes across your Facebook feed, you're going to be more likely to engage with it because you've developed that habit of seeing, hey, the information Ezra is sharing, it's authentic, it's useful, it's relevant, and it's actionable. It's not hype. And so that cultivates and builds on that personal brand for Ezra. So we're, we're I think we've really, we've done a good job of def of defining what personal branding looks like. And we have started to make the case for it um, pretty well. I mean, either you're like, you're not comfortable with it yet, or you're saying, okay, they've got a point and I should try this. Um, how let's, let's back up a little bit. How is it different than normal branding? Is it, I mean, is it the same thing question, as, mate. all right. So I've got, we go, we call it, we say branding. I mean, is I the same thing, but you're just using your own name or is it, is there something more to it that makes it different? I, I spent a lot of time before this episode thinking on that exact question. And in terms of those specific differences, I think a large part of it is focusing on yourself and your unique voice as that personal brand. In a sense, when I think of traditional branding, I think of corporate branding. So if we think of a company like Google or Walmart or Microsoft, they have a brand, they have a voice, but it's not really a human voice and it's not really speaking to you person to person. If we contrast that with Ezra or say Ramit Sethi, you have people who are speaking to you from their own voice who are very much standing there saying like, hey, I am a real person. I am here to share information with you. And so when I think about the difference between branding and personal branding, it really puts to mind the difference between focusing on the brand for your company and focusing on your personal brand. And that gets into a couple of thorny issues we could dive into later. But the quick summary I'd give is you don't really want to have one fighting the other for the spotlight. So as you focus on your branding, it's important to be aware, well, hey, is my personal brand pulling away or adding to the company brand? And if it's pulling away from, how could you better integrate it? So you don't want – so you, it's going to be uh, a case-by-case -case basis, but you want to make sure it doesn't dis detract from your message. Um, uh, well, I'll give you an example. We, I once saw – I saw a brochure for a, a plastic surgeon, and in the back of it, it's like – just so, you know, it's this, they have you want to see some serious marketing. Go look at some um, some plastic surgeons' websites and brochures and consults. I mean, it is wild stuff. Um, but in the back of this brochure, this really glossy brochure, then there's a picture. It's clearly just like a snapshot of this dude in what I knew from experience was kind of like a crappy race suit in front of a very expensive Porsche. And it it like there was something. And even though I'm a car guy, so I was sensitive to it. There was something negative about it where I'm like, I don't know. You know, I like, you know, is this guy just making selling nose jobs for uh, to <laughs> to pay make Porsche payments? Like, you're right. It detracted from it. Whereas mm -hmm. um, I'm a I'm a car guy and I have managed to work that into the brand a bit in that I've got uh, I've Shopify license plates and I'll use that picture as kind of 
as a a way to quickly say, hey, I'm dead serious that I'm laser focused on Shopify because getting a license plate with that brand name on it, it well, well, there's fifty people. 50 people max could do it in the country. Um, and as far, there's one other. I saw someone sent me a picture. This whole rabbit hole. Somebody sent me a picture of one with Texas plates that was in mm-hmm. Canada. And I would love to know what the story is there. But all right, whatever. Um, so then I did the Sunday Drive series because I wanted to get in that. And it worked. You know, you managed to weave mm-hmm. it into the brand. And we've done some car, some car websites. So, okay, there it added to it. It worked. So you're right. It is kind of a, a case-by-case basis thing. And I will say – the- Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, in the case of the plastic surgeon, uh, maybe a better example for or an example that he could steal and use would be instead of, you know, him in the race shoot, race suit in front of the Porsche a photo at a conference, giving a keynote talking about, you know, right. nose jobs and plastic surgery, something that is additive and says like, oh, wow, this guy's personal brand is so focused on caring for patients or like a photo of him at a reception with 15 of his other patients. You could trust him because all of these other people have trusted him as well. There could often be a dissonance between how we present the personal brand and the company brand. And I think the story you shared here is an excellent, excellent example of that. Yeah. Versus you know, the, the doctor we ended up going with, I believe as part of his personal branding, they were talking about like, here's the stuff, like he's a, a, a professor and he teaches medical students and he does like, well, donate time to do um, like corrective surgery or microsurgery for burn victims. And it's like, okay, that's the kind of thing where you're like, yeah, that has nothing to do directly with what we're looking for, but clearly adds trust and authority to that decision-making process where it's like, all right, now mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with this. Entirely. Discoverable and memorable. Yeah, they're okay. Good key. Yes. Discoverable and memorable. All right. So how do... I get started with personal branding. Well, you, you personally, I think you've already mastered it. I've, okay, I've nailed it. <laughs> Me, uh, thank you. Um, I will go, no humility. Yes, I have mastered it. Boom, done. Moving on. Um, if I were a merchant, let's say I've got, I'm a merchant, mm-hmm. I've got a store, it sells sells well, but I want, but you know, I get people asking like, what's your story? Who's behind this? That kind of thing. And I said, all right, I want to add, um, I want to get involved, add my personal brand to it, start weaving, making the story more, adding me to the story. What do I do? I think it starts with first understanding what your personal story is. How did you get into this niche initially? What drew you to e-commerce? What drew you to Shopify? What made you want to continue on through those hard nights? What's your vision? What's the end goal? 10 years from now, where do you want the store to be? Sitting down and taking 20 or 30 minutes just to work through those questions can A, produce a killer about page and B, give you perspective on what that story currently is for you and your business. And then you're able to look at it objectively and say, well, what parts of this do I like? What parts of this do I not like? What parts of this do I want to incorporate into my branding, my messaging on my website, my marketing overall? And what parts do I want to set aside? And so I think a good step one is figuring out what your story is. Where did you come from? Where are you right now? And where do you want to be? Agreed. I think you you would want from a uh, tactical viewpoint your the personal branding if you are adding this to an existing e-commerce store start with the about page and start with the story do you write it i always see everything written in third person and it kind of drives me nuts um oh i hate it i yeah. hate the third person we uh, and i always say like all right no don't do avoid iaria where your website just i i i and this is what we do 
a hundred percent don't don't uh don't do that stuff on the you know make it all about you on the homepage product descriptions etc but once you get into your story okay now this is the time where it's okay to to say i i i and talk about yourself but it, you want to i think the the trick is you want to do it in a way that re- people can relate to so i would mm-hmm. you would still want to start with and we hear these incredible journeys on the show from entrepreneurs and then when I go to their websites, like, it's entirely devoid on the site. It's not there. Or I'll talk to someone on the phone. I go, well, tell me about the brand, how to get started. And they'll tell me this really amazing story that where I'm like, oh, wow, I totally get this now. And then that's not on the website. It's like, well, you know, if you're looking for blah, 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 you've come to the right place is what's written on the about page. If I see you've come to the right place in about page copy one more time, well, I'm going to start DDoSing stores. Um <laughs> I'm not going to DDoS anybody, and it, but it is, it's frustrating to see, especially when someone can articulate on the phone their story so well, but the moment you go, all right, you got to put in, type it on a keyboard, it, they, it totally falls off the rails. Um, but all right, so I, I think the point is you, you tell your story on your about page, and you do it in a way where people, it, people can relate to it. It is part of a narrative. And I see that all the time. Merchants are like, yeah, we want to tell our story. Okay, so tell your – and then they come to me like, you have to help us tell our story. Man, you tell your story. You know your story. But I think you would start with um, a format similar to a sales letter style that mm-hmm. you and I have used well um, many times, and it's – you start with the pain. Well, all right, how – what happened that you wanted to make this product? Like, oh, I had this um, – there's a guy in the show. Well, let's say, all right, uh, I'll make one up. We've got – I'm in the shower, and I want to listen to music, but I can't hear over the radio. Okay, every I can relate to that. So that's that's where it starts. And you thought, man, what could I do better? Like, how can I get the music? Well, I'll get a waterproof Bluetooth speaker. But then that's a and then you you know, so we've got our existing solution. But it you know it was annoying because it would fall down and have to recharge it and it didn't sound that great. Okay, cool. Now we've got we can relate to it. So then I said, you know what? I could make something better. I can go out there and make something better. So we're already coming up with like an about page framework here. And then you talk mm-hmm. about how you had to research it and you came up with a prototype and you built it for yourself and then other people wanted to buy it. And so it's all right, cool. So you went out and did that. Um, and from there, then you were able to raise the money. I mean, just tell your story of how the brand happened and make it genuine. The easiest thing in the world should be talking about yourself and the business and brand that you're so passionate about. I completely agree with you. And to circle back to the top of the episode, people often get stuck feeling like I don't want to, you know, self-promote too much or talk, yes. you know, too much about myself. What I found is a very, very excellent workaround for this is figure out like, I mean, we just covered a number of the questions here. Swipe the questions we shared on this episode or come up with your own list of questions and then call up a friend and say, friend, we're going to record this call. I want you to ask me these questions. When I give an answer, ask a clarifying why and great, take that recording at the end of the uh at the end of the session with a friend, run it through a transcription service like Rev.com, and boom, now you have, say, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 words talking about the story of your store, talking about your journey as an entrepreneur, talking about the personal and the personal brand that you could then wordsmith and craft and refine to be the sales page style about page or other marketing collateral. But having it start as that recorded conversation could often unstick you from that process and make it easier to go from, hey, I've got these ideas in my head about what my brand is and what my story is to, okay, those ideas are now in a document and I could edit the document and turn it into something else. So that's one tactic I highly recommend to get unstuck with this process. I love this. We've got 
we have stumbled on a major key alert. We have I've told the story before. Is, um, well, when people first start writing and doing their business copy, they immediately adopt like this goofball academic business prose. And I know this well because I did the same thing. And then they use too many exclamation points and it's horrible. It doesn't sound like how anyone talks. It's stilted. It's painful to read. And no one, no one wants it. But it, it's hard, even knowing that, it, it's hard to escape it. The solution mm-hmm. that I used um, to regain my voice after having it beaten down after seven years of academia um, was to use uh, transcripts. I just used the text-to-speech built into the Mac and was it, then mm-hmm. would go back and edit that and run it through Grammarly, that kind of thing. Uh, and that gives you a really a very natural voice. And it, it'll be repetitive and a little goofy and you got to clean it up. Um, you have taken it a step further, which is very clever. Use this framework. What pain or problem were you trying to solve? And have someone ask you that question, record the conversation, and then run it through a service like Rev.com. And then have like those leading questions um, that you already should know the answers to. And then you can hire a copy editor or copywriter to mess with that or do it yourself. Um, Rev.com is great for transcripts. It's a, a dollar a minute. Um, it's very good. Uh, it will give you – they give you a couple formats. You'll get the stuff back the next day. I will link to that in the – uh, show notes. Rev. Honestly, my only my only critique of Rev.com is that they are not currently a sponsor of this podcast. Shame on them. Shame <laughs> on them. Yes, come sponsor me. Sponsor me. <laughs> uh, but that could, and okay. you touched on uh, uh, sometimes like there could be a goofiness in the voice, and as you develop your voice, it might feel like ah, this this doesn't feel. Let's put it in all caps: business professional. And in a sense, you don't necessarily want to be capital B business professional. You want yes. that personality to come through. And that might be goofy. That might be, you know, photo of you on vacation or telling a personal story or telling about, you know, the time we almost shut down the business because we had cash flow issues. And it's those stories, those trials that you go through as a business owner that add to your personal branding, that make people feel more and more like they have a personal connection with you because either directly in real time or after the fact, they're able to ride along with the growth of the store. Hey, let's tell the story of like the time the shipment didn't show up right after our launch and da-da-da XYZ happened. People will be gravitating towards that and interested in it because it tells a different side of the business than they're normally presented with and allows you to share, hey, this is how we tackle this challenging situation and this is what the outcome look like. And it could be a wonderful opportunity to communicate with your followers, with the people who are already engaged with your brand or are already customers and develop a deeper relationship with them. So I think it, all right, I I think the place to start with personal branding is if you have an existing store, as you you develop that story, it goes on your about page. And I say, like, you write Mm -hmm. it in the first person, throw, if you want to get fancy, put a Put your, sign your name to it, put a little signature up there. I just think it's such a, I think it's a neat way to make it very clear. Like this is from the desk of whoever. Put a, mm-hmm. put your photo up, your headshot up there. You know, and if you want it, if you want it to be cool, I bet you have a lot, some fun photos you're really proud of that you have printed. You got a frame sitting in your office. Use one of those. Put that up there so that people can relate to you. So that they don't like, oh man, I get this person. Um, then from there, all right, where. Where do we go with our personal branding? It doesn't just stop at our about page. What? How else can we leverage this? It definitely doesn't stop at the about page. I'd say a couple tactics that come to mind and then a strategy you should use. Uh, 
a few tactics that I see work really well. You touched on the importance of a headshot or a photo, and I'd say you could even take it a step further by creating a new headshot or series of headshots that adds some distinctive element. I think your camo jacket that I'm looking at right now on <laughs> Shopify. Or on I Skype, knew that's where that was going. Uh, perfectly does it. And uh, uh, MicroConf, uh, a couple years back, I wore from Oppa Suits, the uh, I think same company you got your camo jacket from, uh, uh, crazy, crazy suit. <laughs> Do we need to edit this out? No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, I wore a crazy, crazy suit to MicroConf when I was giving a talk. And to this day, two years later, people on Twitter are like, somebody needs to find the Kai Davis suit jacket. And like, it's interesting to see that an object can become such a key element of the personal branding. The camo jacket is, in my mind, linked with Kurt Elster. It is a key part of your brand. And so having new headshots taken that incorporate some physical object, maybe it's a color that matches your design, maybe it's a suit jacket, maybe it's something else, but when people see it on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on any other platform, they're immediately able to say, oh, I know that guy, I recognize it. And so the headshot, I think, is an underutilized and underappreciated element that can easily be optimized to connect to your personal brand and make people feel like, oh, wow, this is different and unique from what I usually see. If you were wearing, say, a blue blazer in this headshot, it would convey a much different message than a camo blazer. Oh, 100%. It would not It would not have the same effect. Um, and ha- what's nice about having, like, for a personal brand, having that very... Um, that like one article of clothing or accessory that lets you peacock that you get associated with. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool because going to conferences, speaking at conferences, attending them, people automatically recognize you, which is very cool. Um, it's very exciting. And uh, it's easy for me to go, oh, just look for the guy in the camo jacket, which is uh, so it has a practical side to it. Um, but then at the same like people definitely they relate to it. They notice it. And it, it becomes part of sort of like a logo is where you're you're using this photo. Um, mm-hmm. My only failing is I, I should be wearing it in all of those, all the YouTube videos I've got posted, which are super high engagement. Those really, those do lead to um, quite a few leads and new business. Uh, and I was actually about to touch on a video as being another tactic. It definitely okay. is. A, a higher effort tactic. It feels like there's more of a ramp to get to the point where you're producing video. But the truth is, I think if you produce some quickly shot videos with your iPhone and a selfie stick, and you're talking about, you know, the personal story of your business or answering a question from a customer about the brand, the value in video is that it makes the person watching it feel that much closer to you. For us producing the video, it's a broadcast mechanism. We recorded the YouTube video and we got 5,000 people to watch it. Excellent. For that individual watching it, though, it feels more like a one-on-one communication. And so video is a very powerful way to build that trusting relationship with somebody, to communicate your personal brand, to help them think, oh my gosh, I feel like I know Kurt Elster already. Why am I not working with him? Or I feel like I know this store owner already. Why have I not ordered from them already? So video, while being high effort, is incredibly high impact in building that personal brand and building a communication channel with people who are following you and following your brand. I will, I'll push back on that and say, I don't think video is high effort because everyone has Mm. a smartphone. The smartphone makes doing quick personal videos incredibly easy. And really the, like the hard part about it is lighting. I have, um, I spent a hundred bucks on a 500 watt LED studio light that immediately made my screencast videos, webinar videos look tremendously professional, especially when coupled with a $30 Logitech webcam. But mm-hmm. my favorite form of that video is like, 
I mean, iPhone camera is just tremendously good quality and even has mm-hmm. stabilization built in there on some of them. I've got a 7 Plus. I'm not even on – I'm like two generations old now. Um, oh, oh just, my friend. Oh, oh I'm a caveman. How do I survive? Um, but yeah, like – and then the phone itself, you record to the phone. You can edit the video on the phone. You could post from the phone. You literally don't have to do – you don't even have to touch a computer to do your video editing. Um, I'll tell you the app I really like for doing edit video editing on my phone uh, is Video Shop. Kind of a goofy Ooh. name, but Video Shop, very nice. I will include that as well. Um, but yeah, I like that. I like that approach a lot because it's high engagement. But all right, once you record that video, you can use that on your homepage, about page. You can do uh, if people associate you with like, let's say I, I did a store and I'd wear the camo blazer. Uh, then on my product pages, I would record a video just of me in showing you the product and wearing that camo blazer and help tie that that whole thing together. Um, and we'll we'll run through some examples. But then once I've got those videos for my product pages and my about page and my homepage, I can use those in segmented remarketing ads on Facebook. I can use those on Instagram. I could send those out uh, to my closer followers as stories on Facebook, uh, those 24-hour stories on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, I could, and it becomes very personal. It's like, wow, he's talking right to me, when really it's this mm-hmm. one-to-many mechanism. Um, you could link it out in a, a newsletter, and uh, no, I mean, that that's everywhere. And then I think that's where you can really get the true value out of the personal brand, um, and they coexist, is in the marketing materials, in your emails, in your ads – be you. Don't be the brand. Be you, the owner, as the as your own best brand ambassador. Completely, completely agreed. And I, love, I think I just it, I, I love that line. Be your own, but you're your own best brand ambassador. And it is true. I mean, uh, in the consulting world, I think it's Alan Weiss who said the first sale is to yourself. You have to believe in your product. And I think we could apply that to the e-commerce world and the Shopify world almost directly. If you aren't willing to stand out there and say, I believe in my products, I am selling excellent products. Let me tell you about these products and how they will help you live a better life. Are you honestly confident in your product if you aren't willing to stand out there and say it? So I think you're absolutely right. You need to be the number one brand evangelist for your store, for your business, for your products. And if you aren't, there's a problem somewhere in maybe the product uh, development cycle or the marketing cycle that's seeping that confidence out. That's a good point. If you are self-conscious about being the face of your brand, either it's because you're you're self-conscious because it's it's self-promoting, in which case, I'm sorry, you just have to get over it. This is not a dinner party. It is perfectly acceptable in this instance, in this context it's fine. No one will think twice about it. And if you produce a modest video, it will be so boring. No one will watch it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, if it's not that, well, then the only other issue I can think of is that you don't, you're not confident in the product. You don't want to put your face on it, in which case you are doing it wrong. Rethink it. (laughs) And there's a third scenario here that I think is valuable to bring up for a short aside. One situation where I would not recommend adding personal branding to a store is if that store owner, that person who would be the face of the brand, is planning on selling the business in the next few years. That's one area where I think it's a negative to focus on the personal brand because in a sense you spend all this time and energy building up a focus on, hey, 
I am the face of the brand. Oh, by the way, I just sold it to this other company over there. They are now the brand. And to the customers, that could feel like, well, hey, this doesn't quite make sense. To a buyer, it might be like, hey, why would I buy your store when you are the face of the store? I can't buy your face right now, so this doesn't make sense for me. So if you're planning on selling your store in the short term, and I really can't give any absolutes on what that short term looks like, maybe it's a year, maybe it's three years, you might want to not focus on personal branding and instead focus on either store branding or an employee within your business as that face of the company, somebody who will make that transition if and when you sell, just to avoid any issues around your personal brand being too closely tied to the company when you go ahead and make that sale. I think every business owner has at all there's always this this tiny voice in the back of their head going, well, at any time someone could just show up and offer me millions of dollars and my ship will come in to sell my business. Mm -hmm. I think unless you are like actively ready, like you've got standard operating procedures written for everything, you've got you know you've got your your run book for the business, it all it it's standalone, you've hired a business broker. If you're that serious, then yes, start stripping out the personal branding. Prior mm -hmm. to then, I would say use that personal branding, leverage it, and then once you are ready to sell, then walk it back um, and start start pulling that stuff out of it. Um, and it, it would it would be inappropriate to share the brand, but I could think of an example where we had a client we moved to Shopify who purchased a brand, um, a successful business, in which a lot of the customers, um, it was clear they they related the business owner to the brand. And their solution was like they did a lot of a lot of work talking about how they worked together um, during the the transition, how they um, uh, made sure that things are done, you know, like this guy's the previous owner's um, uh, approaches, and it worked out fine, and they were able to to grow the business, and the customers uh, didn't have a problem with it and got over it, and it worked. They were able to transition personal brand to personal brand. That's wonderful. That, that I think is an excellent, excellent success story and a great case study of how it should be done. You need to make sure that there's communication going outwards to the people who are following the company and following the personal brand, that there is sort of the uh, transitive effect of that personal brand. Hey, we have carefully taken in what's necessary and here we are. It It's not a one and done situation. It's very much a transition between two people handing the baton off in the business, so to speak. All right. I Let's see. Okay. When is that the only case against it? Is that that sale? If you really you're actively trying to sell it and you're concerned that that's a liability, is that the only time that we shouldn't be doing personal branding? Or well, and also if your story, you know, doesn't quite line up or fit with the audience, you know, like, um, uh, well, I can't. You answer the question. Let's say I acquired a, a dog treat business and people would be like, Kai, why do you own a dog treat business? And I'll say, well, I owned two dogs when I was seven. And there's just no connection in the personal branding there. And that I think might be a case where you're as a store owner outside of the niche or outside of sort of this particular vertical, you don't feel comfortable for good reasons sharing your story there. That might be an area where you either focus on corporate branding and see if you're able to find a corporate voice or find somebody within the company who's part of your team who can be that face of the company. Maybe there's somebody working in sales or customer support who's owned dogs for the last 30 years, loves dog treats, and can talk endlessly about the virtues of them. Maybe they could become the face of the brand. And it's not necessary for you as the business owner to be the face of the brand, but it's important to say, well, 
our company needs a personal brand attached to it, let's take this person who works with us and make them that personality, make them that face of the company and let people develop that empathetic relationship with them. So you want you you want a human spokesperson um, mm-hmm. and where it doesn't even if it, if it can't be the business owner themselves, we can pick someone else. We can have someone else within the organization do it. Entirely. Entirely. Okay. And I think the key takeaway is having that having that personal brand be discoverable and memorable instead of letting it be yet another business brand, figuring out a way either to make that corporate branding memorable for the the prospect or the potential customer or make the personal branding you attach to the business memorable, even if it isn't your own personal branding. Uh, looking at either cycle as an example, maybe there's a point three or five years from now where you say, hey, you know what? I want to step back from running the agency and have somebody else handle the day-to-day management. Your personal brand is closely associated with the agency, so you might pick somebody else and over time develop their personal brand within the Shopify space so it doesn't feel as jarring for Kurt as the face of EtherCycle to no longer be there. I think that similar playbook or similar pattern can apply to stores who are saying, hey, I'm not you know, deeply associated with the niche or I don't want to be in it moving forward, but I want to keep the store running. Find somebody within the company or within the organization to become that personality, to become that personal face. Let's – all right. I agree with all of that. I'm committed to personal branding. Now I need some inspiration. Let's run through some good examples. We touched on Ezra Firestone already, and I think he does an excellent, excellent job with this. Uh, if you go to smartmarketer.com, I was just blown away with how much personality comes through from his homepage there. He's selling information, but he's really selling his personality. There's countless videos, interviews, uh, uh, photos of him on there. And so it's not a faceless corporate brand. It's this is Ezra and he's going to make you a smart marketer. He's going to teach you what you need to know. And I think we could contrast that with uh, what's his business uh, app focused brand? Zipify? Zipify, yeah. Yeah, if we look at like Zipify's homepage, it's very much focused on we are a business talking to other business owners. There's not as much personality there. There's not as much personal branding there. And and so I think it's an interesting contrast, even though they're both Ezra Firestone properties, one is much more focused on the personal brand than the other is. Another person that comes to mind is having an excellent personal brand, Ramit Sethi of I Will Teach, uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I think his personality and his personal brand shines through in his marketing, his messaging, his communication, his communities. He does an excellent job of having his personality be at the forefront of your experience with his brands from the emails you receive to attending one of his conferences. Oh, yeah. Also a, a big Ramit fan. Um, even just following him on Twitter, it is so much fun. And he's running mm-hmm. this massive, um, massive house of brands with real. It's it's info marketing, and it, uh, if you want a to see one of the absolute best copywriters in action, and with some of the absolute most bonkers long sales pages that just kill it, pay attention to everything Ramit does with "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." It is quite extraordinary. Um, let's see. I, I will give a – I'm going to give a, a off-the-wall example here that people mm-hmm. will not think of, and I, I love this for this purpose. John's Crazy Socks. John – it's johnscrazysocks.com. Um, this is – we greatly enjoyed working with them. We've, uh, we launched their site on, on TurboTheme, I believe, uh, 
about a year ago, did some tremendous work with them with Facebook ads, and we've got a, a link to the case study where you can see it. But here's the catch. John of John's Crazy Socks, he's got his name right in there, is a inspiring, amazing young man with Down syndrome. And they run Facebook video ads with John talking about, hey, here are the socks I have picked out for Mother's Day because you love your mom. The He loved Crazy Socks. And when this store started, people would buy the socks. It was a local thing. He would drive – they would drive over to the customer's house. He would hand deliver the socks with a note that he hand wrote and you got a piece of candy with it. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah. And it like it, – it is impossible not to love to the point where you know, we rapidly – within 18 months, we saw this brand go from like this is just – this is an idea – um, and it's this father-son team, and Mark is John's dad and is, is involved a lot. But if you follow them, they do Facebook Live videos where they're talking together. They've got John in, in Facebook videos. They have done interviews on um, national television. I watch them on Fox News. I mean, it's really um, quite quite extraordinary. So I think that one is a great brand, a wonderful example of personal branding. Um, and really, it, I mean, John is just so genuine. People love it. Uh, all right, you got another one? Because there's one more oh, I've got that I can think of. I definitely want to hear yours. I just wanted to focus in on uh, the early stage tactics he was using there to build that relationship with his customers, hand-delivering them, including a note, including a piece of candy. The hand-delivery might be out of scope for a number of store owners, but small, simple touches like a uh, short note card, you know, 20 or 30 words on it, thank you so much for your purchase, signed by the store owner, can help cultivate that personal brand. Include a call to action like, hey, by the way, I posted a new YouTube video recently. Look over here. Uh, here's a URL to subscribe to it. Including a piece of candy, uh, optimizing that experience of somebody opening up your package to present your personal brand to them. Small, simple touches like that. Hey, here's a note card from the founder with their photo on it. Can help share your personal brand with people and build a stronger connection. Uh, yes. No, absolutely. Um one of the the great examples that I would like to bring up, uh, Beav Brody, Tactical Baby Gear. Here's another one. We, we've worked closely with them. Um, got a great case study written about it. Just launched their site with a new theme. Um, and if you're in our Facebook group, I shared lots of cool teachings from that. But what part of what has made that brand so successful, and certainly um, copycats have popped up that have not been able to excel as well, is because they have – a tremendous personal brand there. So it's ta it's just it's tacticalbabygear.com. We don't see any personal branding there. But the first hero image is the co-founder's Beef Brody. Um Stephen Beef Brody. And Beef is like it's his photo with a baby and it's this very striking image that's on the hero image. And he drives around in um in South Carolina uh in his in a Chevy Suburban that is wrapped entirely in this big vinyl print and on both sides of the car his that same photo, it's him on it. So okay, we have very literal personal branding here, but then he's mm -hmm. combined it with the most tremendous, vi tremendous video content you can imagine. Where they are, he's posting um, on YouTube, on Facebook, on multiple Facebook pages. Every the the products, uh, the best selling products, uh, have video of him walking you through the product. But then he runs you through like his entire life via vlog. Uh, and it it is tons of fun. It works incredibly well, and the people who are into it are really into it. I think they're up to like a hundred thousand um, 
Facebook likes and gaining YouTube subscribers. But really, like he, a lot of it is just he's sharing his life as a dad and entrepreneur and what that's like and how and absolutely everyone can relate to it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. And I'd say that what he's doing is he's being memorable. He's uh, uh, crafting a unique selling proposition because there's nobody like him out there. Sure, there, like you said, there's imitators that pop up, but they own this mind space because they're focused on personal branding and on sharing this video content. I think well-executed well personal brands are memorable and Tactical Baby Gear is incredibly, incredibly memorable and they do a great job of making sure that any person who lands on the homepage feels connected with them. Okay. I love all of these examples. I have loved this discussion as it is clearly something we're both um, personally passionate about and really like banging the drum for a while now. And yes, be the face of your brand, include yourself, have that personal brand, share your story. And what I love about it is once you get over the initial, that very initial hump where you're like, man, people are going to hate this or I'm going to get stupid comments on YouTube. Um, from once you put that stuff out there, nothing bad happens a couple times. That's what's mm-hmm. really going to free you to do more of it because it is easy to share. The easiest thing to write about is yourself. And like I have written plenty of newsletters where it's just – I mean there's one where I just went off about the joy of edging my lawn and was able to work that into, all right, and here's <laughs> here's the Sunday drive for the week. And like that email is one of the – got one of the highest reply rates I had ever seen. I spent three paragraphs Wonderful. talking about how much I love edging my lawn. But it's small, mundane, human details like that that connect people with us. It's no longer – it's Kurt the agency owner it's like i had to do this thing i was edging on and every single reader could be like oh I, I have edged my lawn too i have gone down the same path and it sparks that human connection no longer is it brand to person it's person to person person to person spark that human connection i'm gonna work that in there and write that in the description right now <laughs> selling person to person by sparking that human connection i love it okay two two Hi. final thoughts that come to mind if we have time to share them give me those final thoughts first is don't ever stop uh, personal branding i mean really marketing and business overall it's a marathon not a sprint it takes time and so be willing to invest a small amount of time every week in moving your personal brand forward hand in hand with that I highly recommend doing a little bit of competitive analysis in your industry, in your niche. Look around and see who the major players are, who your competitors are, and see what personal branding activities they're doing. Are they pushing videos to YouTube? Are they tweeting? Do they have a large amount of followers? Do they have nothing at all? Just understanding what that competitive landscape looks like can dramatically help you understand what you need to do to connect with people. If there's a ton of people pushing a ton of content out there, that's a very different industry than one when there's no personal brands and no content being shared from that personal space. So doing a bit of competitive research and understanding what your competitors or colleagues in the industry are doing can very rapidly give you a leg up. Absolutely. Uh, and are there, is there another thought there? or? Oh, no. Those were the two okay, combined. Good. Final question. Where could people go to learn more about you? And what do you have to offer us? Ah, that's a great question. Uh, if people want to learn more about me, they could go to doubleyourecommerce.com. 
Uh, that's my e-commerce and Shopify-focused consulting agency. And on the homepage, they'll see a sign-up form to get five tips over five days to help them sell more from their e-commerce store. So if they head over to wyourecommerce.com and sign up for that, they'll get the next tip in their inbox uh, tomorrow. We've got, uh, I've got that linked as the very first thing in uh, the show resources and notes. My question, when I go to that website, it looks like a landing page. It's got a sales letter. I don't see anything about Kai Davis in here. Oh, it's terrible. Cobbler's children have no shoes, my friend. Uh, it's been <laughs> on the list for the last three weeks to be like, go in, update, get this uh, uh, as a more personality in there. And I honestly just haven't had a chance. It's been high on the list, but there are only so many hours in the day. All right. Well, this you've got uh, some time before this episode goes live. Go ahead and just jam. Just sign it. Just put your name in there. Put something so that you can both talk the talk and walk the walk. Uh, Indeed, my friend. Yes, go check out Kai's doubleyearecommerce.com. Sign up for his newsletter so you can get that fantastic free advice. And yeah, that's it. Go do that. That's all you got to do. Be, be and, like Kai. And don't be afraid of personal branding. It's an experiment, and it could be a fun experiment. And if it doesn't work out, you could put it down and try it again in six months. Uh, uh, there's honestly nothing to be afraid of. Yes, and that's how uh, that's how I would approach it. It'll take the pressure off of it. Go treat it as an experiment. Um, and I, in no, it's not going to destroy it. Destroy your business at the worst. I think the worst case scenario is it does nothing, and you didn't you didn't get a heck of a lot out of it. I think that, but I I don't think it, it'll have a negative effect in any way. Completely agreed. Wonderful, Kai. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Kurt, thank you so much for having me on. And I just want to take a second and thank all the guests for tuning into this episode. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be invited on the unofficial Shopify podcast. And I hope this episode helped people uh, unpack what personal branding can do for their brand and have some actionable steps to take to move forward. Boom. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about the one Shopify theme I've used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable feature pack theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates for all of your content. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will refund it for you. So to check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. It's ethercycle.com slash turbo. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.